to the Fantasy Show across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese alongside you on this podcast edition of the program. A post-week four waiver wire edition of the show as we parse through the opportunities, the injuries for players in the world of fantasy football this past weekend. So, Matt, before we get into the waiver pickups of the week, and I imagine that the Denver running back situation is one we we just have to look at that because ooh, what a what a an absolute mess. And I feel terrible for Javante Williams, who apparently I think he has the J.K. Dobbins injury. He had like he not only tore his ACL, but he tore a whole bunch of things in his knee. So he is out. It's going to be a long road to recovery. We wish him the best. But the situation for the remaining running backs is a messy one. But before we get into all of that, I want to get to a few more buy sell holds with you, if you're cool with that. Yeah, let's roll. All right, let's do it. So. I wanted to start with a certain quarterback. And I mean, I'll be completely honest. When this guy took the field at the beginning of the season, I thought I definitely poo-pooed it. I kind of thought to myself, eh, here we go. Like here, you know, I don't know if I really want to own any part of this offense. And it's Geno Smith with the Seattle Seahawks. I, I definitely downgrade. I think I would say everyone did downgraded DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Rashad Penny. Well, the Seahawks scored, I believe, 48 points against the Detroit Lions this past weekend. Is that going to happen every single week? No. The Seahawks are taking on the Saints, I think, in week five. So I, I think you can. it's safe to say it'll probably be a lower scoring game because the Saints defense is much better than the Lions defense. Having said that, Geno Smith has been very, very steady. He's owned in just 13% of your in, of Yahoo leagues. Should you be buying Geno Smith as much as humanly possible right now? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not trading for him because at this point, I hope that I have my quarterback situation figured out. But having said that, as a waiver claim, like absolutely. Geno Smith, QB nine through the first four games, seven, excuse me, 77 percent completion rate. He's got seven total touchdowns to two interceptions. He's got the six uh, passing touchdowns, the one rushing touchdown. And he's got like you mentioned, he's got the weapons in place that make for what could be a pretty fruitful fantasy season. I mean, 77% completion rate, and he's not turning the ball over all that much. And they're not doing the, hey, we're going to throw the ball 20 times thing either, like they did with Russell Wilson, which is completely bizarre, although we've seen what's happened with Russell Wilson. And it hasn't been, I mean, a better week this past week, but it hasn't been fantasy gold like we thought it was going to. They're letting Geno cook. And I'm I'm stunned by this, but DK Metcalf has been good. Tyler Lockett's been good. Rashad Penny took him a few weeks, but he had the 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 big game against the Lions. And and the guy who's been the focal point of all this is Geno Smith getting these guys the ball. So I would I would absolutely be putting in a, a waiver claim. Like if you were riding with Carson Wentz, I think that ship is already sailed. Yeah. That didn't take very long. Um, so Geno Smith would absolutely be near that list. The Saints this week. Listen, Kirk Cousins had a good day against the Saints in the London game. Then they get the Cardinals, Chargers upcoming. There's some there's some good matchups here for Geno Smith. And and I, I would be going out and putting in a claim if I have any sort of struggling at the quarterback position. Hey, even if you have Aaron Rodgers at this point, Geno Smith, it's a good pickup to make. So then you can you can play between the two of them and just and play the better matchup. Yeah, Geno Smith has been absolutely uh, on fuego so far this season, and I think he he definitely seemed to build off of the they the, you know I wrote them they ain't write me back or whatever right so I think or they wrote me off they write me back I think that was that whole thing was fantastic so hey yeah Geno Smith just thirteen percent owned um, before we get to the rest of the waivers 
I wanted to wrap up on these buy-sell holds with you. Just a pair of wide receivers I'm curious on. We mentioned uh, Carson Wentz, who, of course, now plays for the Commanders, but, of course, previously played for the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan now for the Colts. Just, oh, my gosh, Matt, just tanking the value of virtually every player. <laughs> that's, I guess, every player that's not a tight end, but I don't know if you really want to get on the Jelani Woods, Mo Alley-Cox roulette wheel every single week, but Michael Pittman Jr., I feel like he was drafted, like he was pegged as one of those breakout candidates. And like after week one, it looked fantastic. He still is obviously a huge part of that offense. But like, are, if you have Michael Pittman Jr., are you considering selling him? Are you going to hold on him? If you are someone who has eyed him so far, are you going to try and trade for him? Like, what do you do with Michael Pittman Jr.? I think that's a hold situation. A hold if I if I have, buy if I don't. Because... There are some people that get really impatient with wide receiver, with any player. It doesn't even have to be just a wide receiver, but they see Michael Pittman and they see Matt Ryan. And it hasn't been all that horrible for Michael Pittman. But having said that, uh, last week wasn't all that great. And Matt Ryan has been, generally speaking, pretty awful. I would, I would try and I would try and get as many. Michael Pittman shares as I possibly can. If I have him, I'm I'm holding on to the hope that there's a bit of a breakout coming again, only because you spend some draft capital on him. And, and that's, that's how I would, would kind of attack that, especially at a position where, listen, we know that it's deep, but the elite guys that put up numbers, those guys can be difference makers. And I do think that Michael Pittman Jr. can still be a difference maker. You and I were both high on him as the uh, as the season the offseason progressed and both had him in our top 10 and I still think that that is a very very good possibility I would not be selling him only because the the cost that you, it's a sunk cost at that point if you try and sell him and I just don't think that that's good for your fantasy roster yeah you you know what you're probably right like you're probably never going to get back the value you put into him because he was probably drafted in what like the I don't know like the fourth round or fifth round or something like that right so he was he was relatively drafted highly, so yeah, I guess you you by definition almost have to hold on Michael Pittman Jr. But oh boy, watching watching Matt Ryan try and get him the football sometimes is uh, is pretty brutal. Uh, last one for me, Deontay Johnson with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The, the quarterback change is always something that I don't know if like worrying is quite the right word, but so I mean we saw the effect of uh, Zach Wilson, the going from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson on the Jets offense. Certainly looks like it's good for some guys. Like if you're a Corey Davis fan or if you're a Brees Hall fan, and people are drafting Brees Hall pretty highly. Brees Hall looks like he's getting a lot of work, and if I mean if Zach Wilson hits him on that wheel route, you're probably talking about Brees Hall as one of the better producing fantasy players period of week four. So there's that, but not so great for Garrett Wilson shares, right? So when it comes to Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett is now the guy going forward after uh, Mike Tallman was so adamant that they were not switching off of Trubisky. They now have, because he was just struggling so badly. Kenny Pickett came in, and he just seemed to look away from Deontay Johnson in favor of George Pickens, who I will add is 40% owned in Yahoo leagues. Are you holding on Deontay Johnson, like essentially out of necessity? I think you got to wait a week. And then if he has a good week uh, this coming week, which he could against the bills, uh, then I would try and I would try and sell because he did only have four. He, his first three weeks, he had 12 targets, 10 targets, 11 targets. This past week against the New York Jets, four targets. Now, I don't know how much of that was going up against Sauce Gardner. I don't know how much of that 
is going uh, is, is having Kenny Pickett come into the game, but there's there's probably an an issue here. George Pickens would have worked a little bit more with Kenny Pickett this off season. They would have had uh, OT, they would have had rookie camp together, OTAs because Pickens wasn't with the first team taking first team reps, and neither was Kenny Pickett. So all of this kind of bleeds into is this trouble for Deontay Johnson? And while I do still think that Deontay Johnson is going to get his, my concern would be his week to week production. He's not, I don't know if he's going to get an average of 11 targets every week. I don't think so. Based on what we saw this past week, you know, he only had the, the two catches for 11 yards. He did get robbed on a touchdown. Like that was a touchdown would have, which would have helped save his day. But having said all that, if he has a good week against the Bills, I would try and get as much as you can for him because it just might be too sporadic for his production for the rest of the season that you can rely on him as any more than a wide receiver three uh, week in and week out. Yeah, it was a little, it was a, as a Deontay, uh, someone who owns shares of Deontay, I should say, I uh, I was a little alarmed by <laughs> by his usage. But then again, like Kenny Pickett came in. He looked a little better, but he also just three. He also threw, I think, three interceptions in limited work. But he then, did. But I mean, look. Then again, he also was his first game action. It was thrust on. He didn't really have as much time in practice, for example, as you otherwise would have. I think he looks much better just after a full week as the guy going forward. So we'll have to see. I think you're right. One more week, week five, we'll take a look at how he looks like and, and what, what the effect is on the rest of the Steelers offense. And we'll see if that changes or if that changes people's opinions on, on really any member of the Steelers offense, whether it's uh, George Pickens positively, Deontay Johnson negatively, Najee Harris got a couple of uh, rushing TDs vultured away from him by Kenny Pickett himself. So we'll have to see if that's something to worry about. But either way, those are the three uh, buy sell holds this week. Geno Smith, Michael Pittman Jr., Deontay Johnson. Okay, let's get into uh, the actual waiver wire pickups. And look, the, the the waiver pickups this week, I think, have to be looked at because there were a couple of major running backs that have been placed on injured reserve. I mentioned before, Javante Williams, he's done for this season, tore his ACL, his LCL, and a couple other uh, of, of, of muscles, I think, in his knee. So he is done for the season. So you might, you would think, I would imagine, that Melvin Gordon is going to be one of the members assuming the majority of touches in the backfield. Having said that, Melvin Gordon has also fumbled the ball a lot. I don't think there's a lot of lost fumbles, but certainly he's put the ball on the ground more than any NFL coach coach would ever like if it was bill belichick he'd be banned he'd be like sent to jail or something like he'd be in he'd be in like running back jail for the rest of his career but he plays for denver they need him mike boone was also worked into the rotation a little bit and then today the same the uh, denver broncos signing away from the saints latavius murray to add to this whole quagmire are we in for uh, a, 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 a another committee situation here in denver matt i think we are and it's i i'm leaning if I had to pick, like somehow Latavius Murray was rostered. Well, I guess because of this week, but he was he is rostered in two percent of leagues where Mike Boone is rostered in one. I I kind of think that it's Mike Boone just because he's been in the offense longer, and the guy to actually be worried about because of the things that you mentioned, including putting the ball on the ground, is Melvin Gordon at this point. Like this is not good for Melvin Gordon. The fact that they brought in Latavius Murray, and I think I think part of it is. The Latavius Murray signing is depth, of course, but I think part of it is they are a little bit worried about the Butterfingers 
for Melvin Gordon. Mike Boone is a decent enough pass catcher, and Melvin Gordon is a, a very good pass catcher, but I think Mike Boone gets worked into the rotation here. I've heard some things about Mike Boone over the past three or four seasons about how talented Mike Boone is, and maybe it's just a situation where he didn't have an opportunity. Listen, he was in Minnesota. He didn't have an opportunity there with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison there. Those are two really good running backs. He gets to Denver, and they they he doesn't really get much of an opportunity because Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are there. He's got an opportunity now, and I think he's going to run with it. Latavius Murray just feels like the guy, the, the cockroach that won't die. He just he ends up he just ends up getting reps, whether it be in Baltimore, whether it be again in New Orleans, it's just constant. And now maybe in Denver. If I had my waiver claim, I would be spending it probably on Mike Boone. Like for me, I think he's priority number one just because Javante Williams is gonna be out for the season. And and I think that Mike Boone has some value here. It's definitely possible that one of these guys becomes the guy or, or maybe at the very least the guy who carries the ball more than any of the other guys. But I, I, I look, you're kind of, you are kind of guessing until we see more of this in action here. But I, I would think given that Melvin Gordon is owned in virtually every league, Mike Boone at 2% and what Latavius Murray at 1% or they're both, they're both sub well, the three reverse, the reverse. Okay. The reverse. So, right. Yeah, so cause Murray played this week. So that's probably why his, his roster ship is a little bit higher. Right. So there you go. So if Boone is at 1%, then I mean, you can, it's definitely a worthwhile waiver flyer at the very least, right? Like I don't think you should be spending, in my opinion, you shouldn't be spending a ton of your, your, your free agent, auction bid dollars, your fab dollars. You shouldn't be spending a ton of them on Boone just because like uh, it would just be a real kick in the pants. If you spent like 25 of your hundred dollars on Boone, then it's like Murray or, or it just ends up being Melvin Gordon after all, who gets the, the bulk of the carries for uh, another running back situation as well. I wanted to get to here, Matt in Atlanta, Cordero Patterson. So he was, he had the knee injury and then in week four on Sunday, they just said, okay, he's going to be a pregame decision. They do actually play him. He is active. He plays for a bulk of the first half. I think he actually scored a touchdown and then he did. Well, and then he didn't get to see the field basically at all for the second half. <laughs> I, I don't know if he like tweaked something. I don't know if they actually said he was re-injured it or if they were just being generally cautious or he complained about feeling something in that knee of his. Either way, he was put on that four-week injured reserve list. So he will he will absolutely miss at least the next four weeks. Someone has to carry the ball. And you and I have talked about Tyler Allgaier a lot. Like we, I feel like every single week we have in some way, shape or form said, hi, is Tyler Allgaier worth starting? Well, he's owned in 18% of fantasy leagues and it's definitely possible. He becomes the guy. However, they definitely worked in Caleb Huntley who is owned in just 2% of the leagues. I think he was activated or elevated off the practice squad. And now he has like officially been signed. I believe by the, uh, by the Falcons in, uh, in Patterson's absence. I, this team clearly likes to run the ball a whole hell of a lot. Uh, they certainly like to run the ball more than they like to pass the ball to Kyle Pitts. I'll say that much. So you definitely want to own some piece of this running offense. I'm just not sure who it might be. Like, do you, do you lean Huntley or Allgaier? Well, Allgaier has the draft capital with the team, right? Like Huntley, Huntley did look good in his time. Allgaier's the rookie. I mean, this feels like a 50-50 split here. I know both guys looked good against the Browns. Now, having said all that, are they going to be able to run the ball as often as they did? No. Does Arthur Smith want to run the ball as often as he did? Yes. Is Arthur Smith a nutcase? Yes, because he won't throw to Kyle Pitts. Yes, all, <laughs> all of these things are true. I'm not convinced that it's one guy or the other. 
I, if I'm leaning one way, it's probably Allgaier just because he's he has the draft capital. He's the shiny new toy, potentially. He did break off a big run, although Huntley did as well. I, I just look at the situation that if I had to put in a claim for one of them or spend more fab dollars on one of them, it would be Allgaier just because of the, the reasons listed. He was a very, very productive running back at BYU. Uh, not against the best competition, certainly. But part of the conversation here, but yeah, I, I would be leaning Algar if I if I had to choose. I'm just ah oh, man, I'm so worried about Caleb Huntley because he is he was used so much. Like it's incredible how like for a guy who was elevated off the practice squad, it's actually sh- almost shocking how much he touched the ball. Like for and I, and I know it's still on the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot to to be fair. Like it's not, but it was enough that I it raised my eyebrows. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's I was shocked when I saw him getting that work because I wasn't watching the game. Uh, I certainly bet on it and lost, but I was watching the game. I wasn't watching the game and I'm following along and I kind of look at it and go, well, hold on a second. That's a lot of Caleb Huntley runs and not a lot of, of uh, Tyler Algaier. And yet, Algaier was the one who was the had more yards. Um, he had the better yards for carry. Again, he broke off one big run. But that's why I think it's just going to be split down the middle here. I really, really do believe that. I think you're probably right. And I, again, for a team that runs the ball as much as the Falcons do, and I mean, a part, a part of the run game for the Falcons is, does come off the legs of Marcus Mariota, like kind of. But still, for a team that clearly is committing to the run as much as this team does, uh, I think you want some peace. I, I would agree that draft capital would point towards Tyler Allgaier. Just don't be super shocked if if he's not the kind of guy who can be a three down back, right? And I mean, to be fair in the world that we live in here in, uh, in, in 2022, the NFL world there, there is pretty much only what, like two or three guys you can really count on as three down backs. Like in real, like in all honesty, like across the entire NFL, Derek Henry, I guess Austin Eckler, who, and, and I'm glad everyone uh, held on him because he was a dynamic this past weekend against the Texans, but him, uh, Henry, Jonathan Taylor, who very well might be injured with a, with a sprain and ankle sprain. Like they're not a lot of other guys, really. No, uh, Najee Harris to an extent, Chubb, I guess in that conversation, right? Chubb, Chubb gets a lot of carries, not involved as much in the passing game, but yeah, like guys that like, we are so far away from having a bunch of guys that get 20 carries a week. Like that just doesn't happen unless game script is dependent on that, where you have a blowout. And you're just going to run the guy into the ground. Just a lot of teams just don't do that because they understand the volatility at the position. And if you have a good one, you want to, you know, keep him on the field type thing. So you're not going to run him into the ground. Uh, Saquon Barkley would be the other guy that's in that conversation. Christian McCaffrey, uh, even though he's not been all that great, but Barkley has been a monster. So yeah, it's, but you're right. It's very few and far between. And honestly, it does feel like a situation in Atlanta where one week it's going to be Allgaier that has more points and one week it's going to be Huntley. And if you have both of them or one of them, it's going to be the week you put in one in their lineup that he's going to be terrible. Absolutely. Just just the way it works. Much like Taysom Hill, who, by the way, was actually fantasy relevant. I'm glad we gave that one listener um, (laughs) the, the decision to start. Taysom Hill over Irv Smith Jr. because that worked out very well. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was that was watching. I was watching the highlights of that game because the game was on during the actual fantasy show, and I was watching the the second half of it after we were done that morning while inside the lines was going on. And I saw Hill get the carry into the end zone, and I I have Alvin Kamara in another league, and of course he didn't play. So I thought to myself, oh gosh, like who who is going to get these touches? And Hill takes the ball across the goal line. All I could think of was. 
Good for that one guy. Good for that one dude who texted in like 45 minutes. I I hope whoever it is, I hope he was very pleased. I hope he won his week because of Taysom Hill because uh, you can't count on that uh, too, too much. Um, Before we wrap up our waiver wire uh, pickups here, why don't you give me your last couple? I know you have, we talked about Geno Smith. We talked about the couple of uh, running back situations in Denver and Atlanta. I know you have a couple more. So why don't you throw those at me, Matt? Yeah, Corey Davis, um, you mentioned him as a guy who has actually been surprisingly good, even despite the quarterback change. And Corey Davis rostered in 25% of Yahoo leagues. So he's wide receiver 25 through four weeks. Yes, you heard that right. The Jets are going to have to throw a lot. And Corey Davis has 74 or more yards in three of four games. He's been by far and away the most consistent Jets wide receiver. I'm shocked that we're having this conversation in 2022, but Corey Davis has been really, really good. And then to round out uh, the waiver pickups for this week, Rashad White rostered in 27% of Yahoo leagues. Byron Leftwich said he wanted to get White more involved. And when he dropped that opening kickoff, which led to the Kansas City score within the first, I don't know, 13, 14 seconds of the game, I was saying, well, there goes Rashad White's chance at getting more involved in the offense. And turns out, he ends up with five catches for 50 yards. He did have a rushing touchdown. Tampa Bay is going to be in games. Tampa Bay is going to be behind in games. They're not dominant like they used to be. I mean, they're not going to play the Chiefs every week. But having said all that, this could have been the breakout game where Rashad White gets the James White role in this Tampa Bay offense with Tom Brady at the helm. And five catches for 50 yards is no slouch. If you're in full PPR leagues, that's double digits right there. Doesn't even include the touchdown. I think we're going to see a lot more Rashad White. He would probably be second on my waiver priority aside from from Mike Boone. I may even inch him closer towards one because of how he ate into Leonard Fournette's snap count this week. How much? Okay, let me ask you this then. How much of game script plays into how much Rashad White was used? Because the Buccaneers were down by like, Three touchdowns, I want to say for most of that game today or yesterday. Or on Friday yeah, on Sunday. <laughs> on Sunday, yeah. And and I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think it's worth the ad just because he excelled in that role. Like turning the five catches into 50 yards and show not for anything, they gave him a carry on the one or two yard line, whatever it was, and he scored. That, true, that is yeah, generally yeah. a Leonard Fournette thing. Now, again, the game was a little bit out of hand at that point, and maybe they're just trying to rest Leonard Fournette. But this team can't look at this situation and say, yeah, Leonard Fournette's going to be healthy the whole year if we just give Leonard Fournette 80% of the snaps. Like, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think we are going to inch closer and closer towards a 60-40 split. It's also a rookie who's getting more acclimated to not only becoming a professional, but playing at the professional level with the speed of the game. The defenses are quicker. The defenses are different. They're more dynamic. You don't get vanilla defenses in a lot of cases. And that's why I think Rashad White is going to work his way more into the rotation. And I would not be stunned if Rashad White finished the season with more catches than Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette caught a lot of footballs last year. He did. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. I think for me, I will, if I had to do one, two, three, I'd probably go Boone, Allgaier, and White in that order. But like, they're pretty bunched up together. Like if you decide to, if you're going to argue for like White over Boone or Allgaier, I'm not going to, I think it's, you're kind of splitting hairs at that point. Um, I got one more for you. And uh, I mentioned George Pickens already. I think you should take an, uh, just keep an eye on the, uh, the health of the Detroit wide receivers. Cause it's a very, po- it's a very large possibility that neither Amon Ross St. Brown or DJ 
Jay Chark play this week, which means it would be Josh Reynolds season again. And he had a pretty good week. He's only owned in 20% of Yahoo league. So Take a look at Josh Reynolds if he is on the waiver wire. Maybe just put him on your bench if it's possible. Michael Gallup also caught a touchdown in his return from injury. 41% owned, so he's probably gone. But just it's just someone to take a look at. If you see the name out there, maybe put him on your bench. But uh, Tyquan Thornton for the New England Patriots. So he was someone, I forget what the injury he had. I think it was a shoulder injury. Might have been a, a collarbone or like a rotator cuff injury. It was like up, up near his neck, uh, basically. And he was out for the first little while of the season. They basically said it was a six to eight week recovery process. He is owned, I believe, in 1% of Yahoo leagues. And he was one of the higher drafted rookie wide receivers. And as we know, the uh, the class of 2022 has been very, very good through the air. What do you think? Like, I know it's it's almost like the same conversation having it when as it pertains to uh, to Jamison Williams, certainly, right? Like he was put on, you can kind of stash him in your IR slot. Uh, uh, certainly, Tyquan Thornton's still on IR in most of these leagues. What do you think? For 1% owned, is it worth stashing him for now? I know the quarterback situation in New England is a little wacky, but I mean, whether it's Bailey Zapp or Brian Hoyer or maybe Mac Jones does come back in the next month, by the time Tyquan Thornton does return, I can't help but think that he might be someone to at least keep an eye on i'm not saying he's going to contribute right away but maybe someone to, to to potentially think about here yeah i would be stashing him on my ir if you can i did that in in the fan league our work league um i also stashed another guy greg dolchich right uh tight end for the denver broncos it is worthy of a, of a of an ad especially if you could just add right to your ir and not have to drop anybody for it. i think that's probably the smartest way to go about it um the other guy that would be of interest uh, Jamison Crowder's out with a broken ankle. Isaiah McKenzie, who has a touchdown in, I believe, three of four games for the Buffalo Bills. If he's back from the concussion, I would keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think you do want as many parts of the best moving offenses in, and certainly just generally speaking, the best teams. I think that's always a, a good bet. Like if you, even if you're not sure who to look at, certainly you can, you're going to be able to derive value from like crappy teams, like obviously, but you can also... I think it's always a safe bet, generally speaking, to look at the good teams. The Bills are probably the best team in the American League, or the American League, in the, in the AFC. I've been thinking a lot about baseball today, okay? Too much baseball, yeah? <laughs> Too much baseball. Go Jays. <laughs> uh, in the AFC, certainly. I mean, if they're not the best team, it's the Chiefs, but I mean, they're one of the top three best teams at worst in the AFC. So if you want any piece of that offense, I think you can do a lot worse than uh, than Isaiah McKenzie. Um, are you, You're not worried about Gabe Davis, are you? You're a Bills fan. What do you, what do you think of Gabe Davis? I think everybody's making a big deal out of Gabe Davis. Um, yeah, we his week two or his, sorry week three because he missed week two was was not great. I understand that, but you know to to talk about week four and say oh Gabe Davis didn't show up or this or that or he got a lot of cardio in the weather was awful in that game and it's not it's not as if um, Stefan Diggs lit the world on fire there. Did anybody see Mark Andrews line? Mark Andrews, I believe, had 16 yards receiving in that game. Stephon Diggs in that same game had, uh, he did have 62 yards receiving, but that's a far cry from what Stephon Diggs normally does. So, I mean, and Stephon Diggs only had six targets. He's he's had nine, 15, and 11 the first three weeks. So it's, I'm not worried about Gabe Davis. They've got a couple of good matchups coming up here. Like they do get the Chiefs next week. Um, this week upcoming, they have another another decent matchup here. So I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not really too concerned about it. Like the Steelers, the Steelers have not been very good against the pass. So 
yeah, I'm I'm not worried about Gabe Davis. Watch him have a blow up week and then everybody shuts up. <laughs> You're probably, that's just how it works, though. That's how the fantasy gods work. They work in mysterious ways, Matt. Yeah, they do, and and mostly not in my favor. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm happy about. That. I'll, I'll bear it this way. I, I I'm in. I think I'm in five leagues this year. Right, five leagues. In two of them, okay, I am four and zero. Oh. In another two. I am one and three and the other one I am two and two. That is the sheer dichotomy of fantasy football. And I'll, I'll admit I, in the leagues, I am four. and oh, is it because I am the God of fantasy football? No, it's because of like things you can't control. Like, if they, like, maybe, like adding James Robinson in like the 15th round. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, or like taking Travis ETN over or tra- taking, uh, you know, any number of players over like Amon Ross St. Brown and who was amazing in the first several weeks of the year. Anyways, it just, it just goes to show it's kind of a crapshoot and like what you do in fantasy fantasy football and the waiver wire stuff is a part of it is you, you try and minimize as much of the luck aspect as possible. But like, so, honestly, sometimes it can't be helped. So uh, we try and help you as much as we can. So uh, that's the quick look at the, uh, the various waiver wire pickups for the post week four action heading into the week five, I guess, processing period on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, in some cases, Wednesday afternoon in other cases, but all of this stuff happening right before the uh, Thursday night or later on this week. But Matt, uh, this was fun. We'll do it again on Sunday morning from eight to 10 a.m. Eastern on across the sports Day radio network. Can't wait, buddy. We'll talk on Sunday. That's Matt Marchese. I'm show Ali. You've been listening to the fantasy show on the sports net radio network.